Today we're talking about the most powerful technique every songwriter needs to master, giving your song the perfect arrangement. I'll show you some tips and tricks, as well as how to avoid the most common arranging mistakes, and we'll even listen to examples of my own music rearranged completely differently. It's all coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 32. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me. This is the show where I talk about my journey as a musician and YouTuber and being a fan of nerdy stuff like Star Wars. If you would like to help support this show and my music, consider joining my Patreon page at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. You'll get ad-free episodes of the show, blog posts, bonus songs, Q&A Ask Me Anything threads, and much more. Otherwise, just leave a like, comment, or a review wherever you're listening to the show today. I would love to hear from you, and I appreciate all of the support. And now, let's get into the show. Longtime listeners will know it's been a while since I've put out a new song. There's a lot of reasons why between procrastination, self-doubt, being busy with other projects. Although it's not that I haven't been making music at all. I have a ton of rough demos. I just haven't finished any of them. And that's partly why I scaled back to bi-weekly episodes of this podcast so I can devote more time to my own music. And funny enough, in the very first week of doing that, I wrote a brand spanking new song from start to finish, which is exactly what I was hoping for. It's like, no duh, I had this extra time and extra energy to put into the thing that I'm really most passionate about, and that is making music. So needless to say, I am very excited for that, but there's always a but. There's always a bigger fish. Music take me going back now. It still isn't complete. I've written a whole song, verse, chorus, bridge, yada, yada, yada. I could play and sing it for you, but it's not recorded in its final form just yet, which is what brings us to our topic today. And that is what I believe to be the most important element of any song, and it's not really the song itself, although that is important, obviously, but the next most important thing is the song's arrangement. If you've listened to any of the Inside the Song episodes of this show, you'll know that I spend a lot of time designing an arrangement that makes the song pop. Hopefully, the song is already decent as just guitar and vocals, or guitar and piano, or whatever the main instrument is, being able to simply just play the song in that super basic form is definitely the hallmark of a well-written song. But I'm not just writing songs, I am making recordings of them. They're these full productions, and songwriting and arranging are certainly related, but they're different skill sets and kind of different parts of the process. So what the heck? am I even talking about right now? If you're not familiar with the term arranging, 
Well, your song, the core of it is the lyrics and the melodies and the chords. That's sort of the foundation of everything. But how you present all of that can be arranged in pretty much infinite ways. This will be way easier to explain if we just play some examples. So let's take one of my songs and fiddle around with its basic arrangement, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I am C3PO, human cyborg relations. I am fluent in six million forms of communication. One of the first arranging decisions I make is usually with the speed of the drums. Are the drums going to be halftime? I am C3PO, human cyborg relations. Or are the drums gonna be more upbeat? I am fluent in six million forms of communication. Usually you can tell if the song wants to be a slower jam session or if it wants to be more energetic, like a love song about Han and Leia. That's probably going to be slower than a song about TIE Fighters and X-Wings. You might even have two different themes within one song, like the chorus is more upbeat and happy-go-lucky but the bridge is more emotional and slowed down. So right off the bat, picking that speed of the drums really sets the tone for the rest of the song. Once I know whether it's gonna be halftime or more upbeat, then I start thinking about the actual rhythm of the groove. Is it going to be more straightforward and simple? I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations. Or is the rhythm going to be syncopated and more complex? I am fluent in six million forms of communication. Changing up that rhythmic structure is going to influence how you strum the guitar or play the piano. The whole motion of the song is going to feel different depending on how you structure all the accents of the drums. For example, my songs Baby Yoda and Baby Grogu. They sort of have a bouncy, syncopated rhythm, which I think works well for Grogu's character, being cute and innocent and teeny tiny. My original version of Baby Grogu was actually much more of a straightforward rhythm, and it felt more like a powerful rock track than this lighthearted song about a baby. It sounded cool, but it didn't quite suit Grogu. When you have the groove figured out, then you can start to think about how you're going to dress things up on the musical side of things. For me, it's usually going to be either punk rock oriented, soft rock and acoustic oriented, or more pop oriented. I suppose most of my songs sort of blend all of those genres together, but the difference would be whether or not it's going to feature electric guitars, 
or if it's going to feature acoustic guitars. Or if it's going to feature synthesizers and pianos and strings. You can see how it's really fun to play around with the arrangements, to see how the song feels this way or that way. Hopefully, one of those combinations feels just right, and you find that perfect balance of the groove and the instrumentation that really suits the song. But sometimes it's not super clear which is the best arrangement. It might sound cool in a couple of different ways. And if it's a good song to begin with, it's probably going to sound great no matter how you arrange it. But either way, it will certainly sound different if acoustic guitar versus electric guitar, halftime or double time. And if it's not obvious which one of those is the best, that's going to be a problem if you're trying to finish a song and release it, which brings us back to the very beginning of the show today. This is the exact issue that I'm having with my latest song. I have the whole thing written. I love the song. I can jam it on my guitar. And I do have a demo version recorded, but I don't love the current arrangement for it. I'm still working it out. Now, it's not my first rodeo. I've written and produced plenty of songs, but even I get stuck sometimes. Look, Java, even I get boarded sometimes. The biggest mistake that I usually make is adding too much stuff to the song. It's really easy to think that just adding more and more layers is going to make the song better and better. But if you've ever heard the phrase less is more, that is really the goal with arranging. You have to find which elements actually matter the most, and usually it's more simple than you think. The problem is, when you're listening to the song over and over, at a certain point it kind of starts to almost bore you, and you think you have to make the arrangement crazier and crazier because you're just used to hearing it one certain way, so you get kind of desensitized to it. But the reality is, there's only so much you can focus on within a song. So a lot of the time, that's going to be drums, bass, and vocals. And maybe your main supporting instrument like a rhythm guitar or a piano. Like, listen to Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. It's drums, bass, vocals, and there's that main melody looping but it syncs up exactly with the bass line. There's absolutely no BS. But the more stuff you add, the more careful you have to be not to muddy the mix or compete with the vocals. So there's a delicate balance between, well, it's just drums and bass, and it's a boring, empty arrangement. Or you added strings and ukulele and piano and synthesizers, and now it's a distracting messy arrangement. Somewhere between those extremes is an arrangement that's really fun and engaging, but doesn't get in the way of the story that the vocals are telling. One of my favorite examples of this is Somebody I Used to Know by Godier. The story within the lyrics is awesome, 
and the arrangement is killer as well. But if you notice, there's never any overly distracting moments, even though it is kind of a dense arrangement. But all the cool bells and whistles, they're perfectly placed to jump in whenever the vocal is taking a rest. And not only that, but the arrangement in that song just builds and builds towards the end. It's really a masterclass in arranging, I think. And that brings me to my final tip for how to get better arrangements in your songs. And that is to simply study already great songs, especially the ones that you want your songs to sound like. So whatever that might be, put that song on repeat and really listen to every instrument in every section of the song and get a feel for what role each instrument is playing and how they might change over time in the song. And then you can use that to inform your own song arrangements. You don't have to copy it verbatim, but you can look at it as a guide or a reference. If this song already sounds great, they must have a winning formula. When you flip back over to your song, try to compare and contrast what the major differences are and adjust your song accordingly. Every time I do this, it works. My songs always come out sounding better when I've used a reference song. It just gives you a fresh perspective on what a good song sounds like. We all think we know what that is, but if you're just working within your own recording session, you know, we've shown it today. It's easy to go down the rabbit hole and try this, try that, add too much stuff. As soon as you invite that other perspective in and you be a little bit more objective, you know, comparing the reference to your song, that's when you can really hone in on the most important things in your mix. And you realize you don't need a dozen guitar tracks. You probably only need one or two. You do have to pick your reference song very carefully. Ideally, it has a similar tempo and instrumentation to what you're already going for. That way, the comparison will be really obvious and you can implement any changes a lot easier. You can't really compare an acoustic folk song to your EDM dubstep song. You can. It might actually be inspiring, but I'm not sure it'll help guide you to making a more concise arrangement. If you don't know what song is similar to the one that you're working on, one trick I'll use is just Googling songs that have the same tempo of the song I'm working on. You might have to sort through a few to find one that's sort of in the same vein, but I find that finding one at the same tempo is the most beneficial because, again, you can't compare a slow song to a fast song even if they both have the same instrumentation. It's still a different arrangement. So to give some specific examples, for my remix, The Forces With Me, I referenced Pompeii, by Bastille. For Padme's song, Save You, I referenced 10,000 Hours by Dan and Shay. For Dark Side, Light Side, I referenced Centuries by Fallout Boy. On track four, A New Hope, 
I referenced Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. For Mind Tricks Don't Work On Me, I referenced Something Just Like This by The Chainsmokers. None of these songs are exactly the same as the reference, but you can see how they've been influenced by it. So I could go on and on, but the point is, the answer is always out there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with your song or even your podcast or your YouTube channel. Whatever you're making, of course you should experiment and try things out, have fun, but it will definitely speed up the process and make it so much easier if you study the greats and you learn from the best. And that to me is the most rewarding part about making music. I love when I can listen back to a song and I'm like, I got this sound and that was the sound in my head. And maybe I didn't invent that sound, but it's a sound I like and I was able to achieve it by following somebody else's roadmap. So if you're a songwriter or a creative person, I hope it helps. I hope it inspires you. And for those of you dying for new music from me, stay tuned. All right. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are and you'd like to show your support for this show and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon page. Patrons get all sorts of cool perks like ad-free episodes of the podcast, blog posts, Q&A threads, bonus songs. I'll check out your art, music, podcast, whatever you make and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. If that sounds good to you, sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, follow me on socials at royishgoodlooks. Leave a comment or a review wherever you're listening and share the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it. I really appreciate the support. I can't do it without you. So thank you for listening today, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.